Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school. And that is what this podcast is designed to do. To educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only. To learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's show. Today, the topic is going to be about how should we treat other humans? This, to me, is a hugely important topic for everyone, especially in today's day and age, right? I mean, especially with everything that's going on in the world, the vitriol that we see, the combativeness that we all oftentimes see, the anger that we see towards other people. How should we really be treating other human beings. And I'm going to go through all the different ways. And the way I see it, there's really four different ways that we can be thinking about treating people. And they go along with the different types of humans we have within us. And so I'm going to do a little bit of um, reminder here, as I often do, about the different types of humans that I have Uh, sort of devised in the next level human construct. And just so we kind of understand, the next level human construct is based off of years and years of study of psychology and philosophy and me integrating this in a way that is accessible to individuals who are working on self-development. So the way that I see this is that each of us humans have three different types of people living inside of us. There's the base level human, there is the culture level human, and there is the next level human. And each of these constructs is based on a very deep dive of physiology, psychology, philosophy, mainly the realm of psychology, so personality profiles. Now, one of the things that I want to make clear right off the bat, as I often do, is I did not call this higher level human because it's not about being better than. I called it next level human because it is about simply being better than our former selves. This isn't about vertical hierarchies where it's sort of like I'm a better human and they're a worse human. It's really about being the best human we can be. And so when I talk about base level human, culture level human, Next level human, people kind of get this confused because they tend to set up this vertical hierarchy that there are base level humans that are not as good or worse than culture level humans, which are not as good and worse than next level humans. This is not at all what I mean to say in this construct. What I'm essentially saying here is that all of us humans are all three of these. And depending on the situation, we will operate from one or more of these particular aspects of us. 
and that even there is a time for being base level. Base level is about being very protective and putting up boundaries and, you know, uh, making sure we are not taken advantage of or we are not hurt. And culture level humans, they, this is there's oftentimes a, a time that if you have no culture level instinct in you, you won't be able to connect as well or understand what other humans are talking about. And so you need to be all three of these. But let's go through these very briefly and then let's talk about first principles related to how to treat other humans. So as review, the base level side of us is sort of the side of us that is more the child side. Now, people tend to get confused with this because they think about children as being uh, innocent and they think, think about children as being, you know, creatively free and not encumbered with all of the sort of roles and rules and stories that culture puts on to kids. And in that regard, it is true. But also in the regard of children, they are also very, very self-centered. Not because they are aware of it, because they have to be for their own survival, right? So as a child, between the ages of one and six to 10 years old, the world revolves around that child. And so in that respect, our base level selves are the side of us that only look at ourselves and do not consider the needs, wants of other humans. Think about it. A child who between the ages of one and 10 years old rarely thinks about other humans and other human needs, especially infants. They are only concerned with their own needs. They're not thinking about, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't have to go to the bathroom or pee or be hungry or whine or cry because it might wake up my parents. No, they simply act on their own behalf. This is what our base level side does. It is a very self-centered side of our personality. The quintessential narcissist is stuck more often than not in their base level self. Base level brain, the base level side of us, is a power-seeking side of us. You might say, well, why is it a power-seeking side? Because the major need of the base level self is certainty and stability. And because we crave certainty and stability, we will take the path that delivers certainty and stability. Well, the path that delivers certainty and stability is power, is manipulation, is a very Machiavellian way of looking at the world. Let me get power over others. And if I have power over others in the world, there'll be nothing uncertain, nothing unstable, and I will be in full control. Now, of course, this is a myth, but base level humans act as if they are the center of the universe. They seek power over the world and other humans so that they can have stability and certainty. This is their major thing. They're very conservative in their viewpoints in terms of they like rules, they like regulations, they want power, they want certainty, they want to be the ones in charge. And they think that their rules should be the rules that everyone follows. And so you can see different aspects of this way of being. Even in my other field of, of study, right? Even in nutrition, you'll see when we are operating from our base level selves from a nutritional point of view, we think our way is the only way. We think every single human should be eating the way we eat. We also like definitive 
rules that this food is bad and this food is always good and this is the way to do it and there's only one way to do it. So this very rigid, dogmatic, adherent, uh, rule-based way of looking at things is the base level self. It is very self-centered. It is very narcissistic. It is very power hungry. It seeks stability and certainty. Now the culture level self, if the base level self is the child, the culture level self is more of the adolescent. After about 10 years old, you start to think about yourself in relation to other humans. Not only do you think about yourself in relations to other humans, but you set about trying to get other humans to accept you. It's more about belonging and status. The culture level self is the side of our personality that has stayed stuck in high school. It's a part of ourself that seeks belonging, that seeks status, that seeks popularity. This is the side that wants a team to be a part of. This is the side of us that will be very people pleasing and want to be uh, kind instead of telling the truth. This is the side of us that when we are around our team members, we can uh, we will then speak out, but if we're not around our team members, we tend not to speak out. So the hallmark of a culture level person, if they're around individuals who disagree with them, but they don't have any of their team members around with them, they will remain quiet. They may be even acquiesce and will try to get along. But as soon as they have their team members there, they will begin to seek out those team members and can also pile on and be more bullying. And so the culture level uh, humans can be bullying from the standpoint of if their team members are there, it kind of empowers them. This is sort of that danger of group think and the, the sort of madness of crowds, so to speak. Um, but when they're alone, they can be very uh, willing to get along in very much that way. And they seek popularity and status. Now, a next level human is a person who seeks more purpose, purpose for themselves and purpose for others. Their major drive is to grow. They're very concerned with themselves in terms of their self-development and they're very concerned with others in terms of their self-development. And in one small way, the base level human and the next level human are very, very similar, at least can be seen to be similar. And it's in this realm of self-development, self-focus. So the base level person focuses on self, the, the achievement of power for the self, and the next level human focus on self, the achievement of purpose for the self. But think about that. Power is all about what that person can get from the world. But purpose is all about what that person can give to the world. And this is how you tell the difference. Whereas a base level human can be very narcissistic in their self pursuits, a next level human is very selfless in their self-pursuits. In other words, they're about growing themselves and growing the world. Now, here's what's interesting about this. The next level human self would be the adult mature self. And in order to be the adult mature self, you would have had to go through the childlike state of a base level human, and you'd have to go through the adolescent state of a culture level human. So when we get to next level or when we are operating from our next level selves, it's not that we are not base level at all or culture level at all. It's that we've learned to integrate that. In other words, there's a time and a place for boundaries. There's a time and a place to stand and fight. There's a time and a place to be, let's say, 
angry. There's a time and a place to be sad. There's a time and a place to be happy. There's a time and a place to be kind. There's a time and a place to be um, the opposite of that, which would be rude almost if you're defending yourself. A next level human gets this. They have what I would call emotional integrity. In other words, when they need to be rude and be defensive and take care of themselves or defend another human, they have no problem doing that. So it is interesting that culture level ways of thinking might may, may be very emotionally out of their integrity because it's all about what is the cultural the proper cultural response. They might be like, you should never feel anger or you should never feel sadness. This is typical of culture level males who never want to express sadness or culture level females who have a difficult time expressing anger. A next level human integrates the base level, the culture level and their next level cells. They have emotional integrity and they're very good with emotional alchemy, meaning that they can feel anger, but they don't let anger hijack them the way a base level human would, they can change and use emotional alchemy to change that anger into motivation, let's say. And so this is the way to be thinking about these different types. The culture level includes the base level. The next level includes the culture level and the base level, right? And so we are operating really, if we are operating from our next level human selves, we can integrate and know when it's time to be base level and know when it's time to be culture level. Now, when it comes to treating other human beings a particular way, each of our sort of base level self, uh, culture level self, and next level ways of being have a way of showing up and treating other people. Now, I do want to say uh, one thing here, and that is to talk a little bit about kindness. For some reason, the culture, this is a very culture level way of looking at it. Kindness has become the first principle of our culture. And kindness can get us in trouble to some degree. It is the place where we people please. It's the reason people can lie, cheat, maybe even and steal and manipulate other people. And because they think no harm, no foul, as long as I'm not being rude to them or unkind to them and they don't know what's happening, then I'm not hurting them. And this is a dangerous place to be because kindness is not a first principle. What do I mean by a first principle? Well, in philosophy, the philosophy has what we are call first principles, the things that we should aspire to that all other good things flow out of. And very rarely in, in these philosophies and even in most religions, which are a form of philosophy, um, will you see kindness being the, the first principle. Usually you see things like courage, wisdom, justice, honesty, um, temperance. These tend to be the things that people uh put as the first principles, the most important things. Now, I discovered this the hard way and many people discovered this the hard way. I was one of these people that was all about kindness first. I've always been a very kind person, but I was also a people pleaser. I also ended up cheating on my wife and having an affair. And I thought, well, no harm, no foul. Like She doesn't know. Uh, I'm not being unkind. This is something for me. It's not about her. In other words, I rationalized this. And I had to learn the hard way that kindness is not a first principle, that honesty is. When you are honest, you actually help people in all the ways. I want to jump in real quick and tell you about one of my favorite new 
products. And to start out, I want to ask you a question. If you had to follow your friends around who are not the healthiest in the world and see what they are doing, what would be the number one thing you would probably tell them to do to start? For most people, that's going to be drinking more water, right? This is something that we talk about all the time in health and fitness. It's almost as if we Think of it as an afterthought now because obviously water is so crucial. However, we oftentimes get this wrong. For example, did you know that when it comes to hydration, just drinking water can make things worse? Most people don't know this. Why? Partly because most people are over drinking water and under consuming the electrolytes that help water do its job. What we don't realize is that hydration is not just about water. It's about electrolytes, the minerals in there, as well as getting that water into the cells. And so you do not want to be over-consuming water if you're not getting your electrolytes right. And this opens up a whole new discussion because most people are not getting their electrolytes right. For example, did you know that low sodium, too low sodium is an issue, just as much if not more so than high sodium? In other words, what we want if we're going to get the right electrolytes is to get the right amount of sodium and potassium and magnesium in the Goldilocks zone. We don't want too much. We don't want too little. We want it just right. This opens up a whole other thing here, too, because people who are exercising, doing sauna therapies, doing low-carb diets are disrupting and losing lots and lots of their electrolytes. For example, when insulin is not around and low-carb diets, you will excrete lots of sodium. In other words, under that state, exercising, low-carb diets, all these things, you actually need more sodium. And so if you're somebody who has been just drinking water, not paying attention to electrolytes, and also feeling fatigued, feeling like you're underperforming, not sleeping right, getting cramps, twitches, headaches, any of these things, then you are probably dealing with an electrolyte issue. This is where the product element comes in. This product has been a game changer for me and many, many of my patients and clients. This is a rehydration electrolyte beverage, basically. It is a powder of electrolytes formulated with 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams magnesium without the added sugar and other nonsense that comes in beverages like Gatorade. This stuff is basically a rehydration beverage on steroids. It is the thing that is going to replenish your electrolytes in the right ratios, decrease fatigue, really correct chronic dehydration. And by the way, many people are dehydrating themselves, becoming hyponatremic, low sodium, when they're consuming too much water. You need your electrolytes on board, especially if you are someone who is losing lots of sodium and other electrolytes through low-carb diets and lots and lots of exercise. This is where Element comes in. Element is a new sponsor to the Next Level Human podcast. I cannot recommend this product enough. I have been using this stuff for months now, and I have immediately seen changes 
in my energy levels. I feel like I'm operating on a whole other level. And I have seen this as being the primary thing that people who have been using Element have been telling me that their fatigue is getting better, especially fatigue that comes after very intense workouts that involve lots of sweating and lots of intense output from the nervous system. Please check out Element. Use the code next level, drinkelement.com. That's D R I N K L M N T.com. Drinkelement.com, and let's get back to the show. Sorry to break in. I want to cover one of my sponsors, Organify. Now, look, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, and many of you who know me well know this, but shockingly, I cannot stand vegetables. I really do not like vegetables. I have not liked them since a child. I think it has something to do with my mom who cooked everything just boiled. Boiled everything, no salt, no fat, no taste, period. And so I developed an extreme dislike for almost all vegetables. And still to this day, I have a difficult time getting in my fruits and vegetables. Well, Organifi started by my good friend, Drew Canoli, who I've developed a relationship over the years. And I am really sort of tickled that we finally get to do this together with Organifi sponsoring the Next Level Human podcast. Drew is a Next Level Human. Organifi is a Next Level Human company. I can't say enough about them. I'm excited for them to be on board as a sponsor for the Next Level Human podcast. My favorite products, let me tell you about them. They have a ton but I use three pretty much every day. I use Organifi Gold before I go to sleep. This is their turmeric tea based on sort of the old Ayurvedic golden milk. It is absolutely fantastic. It contains lots of different relaxing herbs, turmeric, tastes wonderful. And one of the things this has done for me is I had a very bad wine habit at night. It started out as just one glass of wine. Lately, it's turned into two, three, and sometimes a bottle. What I've done starting in 2021 is use Organifi. This is what I have in lieu of wine. And I sit there just like I used to sit with my wine and I have the Organifi gold. I also use the green and red juice powders. I have never liked greens and reds juices, period. These powders to me always tasted like swamp water. I use one scoop of the greens, one scoop of the reds, first thing in the morning before my coffee. It has become a, a ritual over the last several years. It is fantastic. Those are the ones I use the most. Of course, they have a great line of protein products and they have a new Organifi Gold chocolate, which I have not tried yet, but I cannot wait to try that because you all know I love cocoa powder and use it for lots of different things, for cravings and everything else. Check out Organifi, Organifi.com. Use the code next level. Please take care of Organifi the same way they're taking care of the earth, doing amazing things as a company, and now taking care of the Next Level Human podcast so we can all be together and have these discussions. Organifi.com, use the code Next Level. Let's get back to the show. Here we go. For example, I can be kind to somebody and tell them what I think they want to hear. Let's use a simple example. Let's say this person has bad breath. And they ask me, do I have bad breath? And I don't want to hurt their feelings. I want to be kind. So I say, no, you don't have bad breath. I don't know what you're talking about. And they go away feeling better. Okay, phew, I don't have bad breath. 
However, then they go out in the world and people avoid them. People keep their distance from them. They're significant others. You know, every time they get romantic with someone, that person breaks up with them. In other words, they are, by being kind, I am keeping them from understanding the truth and from growing. I am denying them of a useful reality. This is why honesty is always kinder than kindness. I oftentimes have been known to say this now. It's kind of a, become a mantra of mine because I figured out the hard way how destructive trying to be kind is and having kindness as a first virtue over honesty. Honesty is always a better virtue. Now, of course, honesty without compassion can come across as cruelty. But even brutal honesty is oftentimes better, and I would say always preferred even, than just trying to be kind. Because at least with brutal honesty, people get the honest truth. Now, of course, we wouldn't want to, nor would someone operating from their next level human self ever speak in brutal honesty. Brutal honesty is a way of essentially saying, I'm going to be honest with you and I'm going to do it in a brutal way, in a cruel way, on purpose to make you feel bad about the reality that I have, that I'm, I'm sharing with you. So we can be honest and always speak in a way, in a loving way. The other interesting thing about this is even when we're kind, people can see it as cruel, can't they? Even when we're trying to be cruel, people can see it as kind. However, when we're honest, honesty does not necessarily uh, have this sort of subjective nature to it. I can be honest in what I say, and you have to either accept or deny that. But it's not nearly as subjective as if I do something out of kindness, and you may take it as cruel. I can my my intentions can be kind, and you might even see it as, as cruel. We're even seeing this now in this idea of you know what we see in the liberal world of these the idea of microaggressions, right? And so someone comes up to you and says, "Where are you from?" And you happen to have dark skin or look somewhat ethnic. Now you can see that as them being kind and wanting to connect with you, or you can see that as cruel and an aggressive stand. Now that person might be meaning it from an ignorant place and an aggressive, rude place, or they may just literally be trying to connect with you and not know any better. And this is why I think honesty becomes the first principle of choice and not kindness. And so in my mind, kindness and generosity and things like that are extremely important. They certainly make most people's you know, top five to 10 greatest virtues and values, and most religions have them there. But honesty is normally way ahead in that regard. And so when we think about this, as I went through the different ways of treating humans, I also wanted you to see my thought process around what are the highest values. And I've done several different uh, podcasts on the idea of virtues and values and honesty and all of this kind of thing. Now, one other thing that I've been talking a lot about lately, but if you haven't listened to those past podcasts, I do want to talk about this very quickly as well. We also do have in the psychology research two constructs that um, are very important in sort of understanding how people come at things. We have the dark triad and the light triad. These are actually personality traits that are most associated with destructiveness 
and what we would call good and bad humans. And so the base level sense of ourselves is usually, um, if it's integrated in our next level self, it then becomes just about protection. However, if it's not, if it's if someone gets stuck in base level, they can oftentimes be what we would deem someone who scores very high on the dark triad, which would be the three part personality traits of Machiavellianism, narcissism and psychopathy. Machiavellianism, meaning the tendency to want to manipulate other people to get power. Um, narcissism is the tendency to look at the world only through my needs, my wants, my desires. And psychopathy tends to be the personality trait of distrusting humans and also having lack of compassion for other humans' pain. And so the dark triad is something that would be most associated with someone who is not integrating their next level selves and not seeing themselves as intimately connected to other humans, but only seeing themselves as uh, a person who is all about power, their own power, their own needs, and they will hurt others to help themselves. That would be a purely base level human. Now, a purely next level human would be operating more from what we call the light triad, which is the three part personality traits of Kantianism, faith in humanity, and humanism. Kantianism meaning the idea, it's the opposite of Machiavellianism, this idea that I will not manipulate someone else uh, for my own gain. I will make sure that people understand and I see people as uh, ends in of themselves, people who I should stand up for to uh, help them achieve their desires and not use them to achieve my desires. That would be Kantianism. Faith in humanity is this idea, it's the opposite of sort of psychopathy, meaning that we generally see humans as good, not not see them as generally flawed or generally bad, but generally see humans as good and have faith in their goodness. And humanism is this idea that is probably the opposite of narcissism. Humanism is this idea that each human, we see them as having uh, a useful Uh, place that we see ourselves as no more special or worse than any other human, any other humans. And we value each human's independence and ability and desire to seek their own best life. And so this is another way to think about this uh, dark triad and light triad. Now we can begin to see the rules that uh, we should be treating other. Now there's four four rules here, and I'll go through four, all four of them. Then we'll go through them in depth. But the rules for treating others, right? And these come from different uh, philosophies and different religions mainly. So rule one: treat others how they treat you. Rule two: treat others how you want to be treated. Rule three, treat others how they want to be treated. And rule four, treat others as unique purpose potentials. Now, obviously, if you are operating from a base level point of view, you're going to be looking at things as treat people the way they treat you. This is sort of the Hammurabi's code. It's the law of retribution. If someone does something to you, you should do something to them. It's a base level human instinct. You've heard this statement of an eye for an eye, right? This is this idea of the law of retribution, Hammurabi's code or treating others 
how they treat you. And the thing here is the reason why this is not necessarily a great way to treat humans, and I would say not even not necessarily, it's not a great way to treat other humans, is if we're aspiring to be our next level selves, better ourselves and better the world, this certainly just all, all it does is perpetuate a cycle of dysfunction. In other words, you steal, I chop off your hand. I steal, you chop off my hand. This may indeed keep someone from doing that, but out of a place of fear. And fear is never something that can change the world in the way something like hope can. And so the law of retribution simply has other humans fearing each other. It's all about power-based instincts. I have mine, you have yours, you take mine, I take yours kind of thing. And so that's sort of this idea of treat others how they treat you. Now, the next level up in my mind would be this idea of the golden rule. Now, a lot of religions and things like this talk about the golden rule. And this is treat others the way you would want to be treated. This is known as the law of reciprocation, right? Treat others how you want to be treated. This is a culture level human instinct. It assumes something though. It assumes that what you want or need is what they want or need. So it has this narcissistic quality in it. It's like, well, I want this, and so maybe they want this. Well, how do you know that they want this? If we're treating each human as an individual who has their own wants, needs, and ends in of themselves, should we really be treating them the way we want to be treated? Or should we be looking at it as slightly different? And so whereas Hammurabi's code and this idea of an eye for an eye is a more base level way of looking at it, the golden rule is kind of a more culture level way to look at it. So how can we elevate this idea and do a little bit better from a next level human perspective? The next level up I would call the platinum rule. Now this is the law of empathy. There's compassion involved. It's thinking about other people. It's getting a little bit past narcissism and psychopathy and Machiavellianism. So whereas the Hammurabi's code or treat others how they treat you, there's a lot of Machiavellian nature in that. There's a lot of this dark triad in that. The golden rule, there's some narcissism in that. Now the platinum rule is now putting in some compassion and now thinking about other humans and seeing them as different than you and no better or worse than you. So this is treating others how they want to be treated. The platinum rule says, treat others how they want to be treated. It's still a little bit more culture level in its instinct, right? It's basically saying, okay, well, I get that the golden rule is not perfect, so maybe I will move to the platinum rule and we'll treat others how they want to be treated, but it's still not perfect. And this might seem confusing to you, but think about it this way. What if you treat someone they, the way they want to be treated, but they have a dysfunctional, sick way of seeing themselves. Think about it this way. Think about a person or a story you've heard about, about people getting in dysfunctional relationships, having traumatic childhoods. They're used to being treated a particular way. They are familiar with dysfunctional relationships. They don't see themselves perhaps as worthy. And so if someone doesn't see themselves as worthy and you treat them the way that they want to be treated as unworthy, how can they become their next left, their next best 
themselves. Remember, a next level human wants to grow themselves and grow the world, which means they want to touch, move, and inspire people to be their best selves. There are some individuals in the world we know through psychology research that people will choose familiar circumstances over circumstances that are better for them. And this is very difficult because we can't be the judge of that necessarily. But we certainly know individuals who feel more comfortable being treated as unworthy or being disrespected or certainly seem like they are that way. We even hear this in some people's self-talk where someone goes, you know, I'm such a fatty or I'm such a I'm such a bad human or, you know, they suffer from shame and guilt. If we were going to treat them the way they want to be treated, we might shame them and guilt them further. And so the platinum rule might be a little bit better than the golden rule, but it still has some level of lack of understanding for the human situation. It still keeps human can keep humans stuck. So we want to assume that um, we don't want to assume rather that what someone wants is actually serving their highest potential. And so the platinum rule is good, but it's not great. What might be the best way in my mind of treating other people? Well, we can go right to the light triad and this idea of faith in humanity and humanism. And we covered Hammurabi's code, we covered the golden rule, and we covered the platinum rule. Well, I'm going to call this rule the rule of humanity. And it is, I would call it the law of purpose potential. The idea that every single human on the planet is unique. There will never be a human like them ever again, nor has there ever been a human like them. And from that perspective, we could say that each human, every single one of us has a unique purpose potential. We have the potential to bring something uniquely positive and valuable to the world. So what if we treated other humans according to their potential to do good in the world? What if we saw every human as someone who has the potential to do something very valuable, purposeful and good in the world? This would be the next level human instinct. And it assumes that each human has a unique purpose and that each human can bring something valuable and that we should try our best to see them as that purpose potential and treat them as that purpose potential. So an example might be we have somebody who we have run into who seems to be a very talented musician, let's say, but they also tend to get in dysfunctional relationships or um, tend to be going down the wrong path or hanging with the wrong individuals. So we could treat them as how they wanted to be treated, as this person who's cool and this person who is in the know and this person who's tough or this person who is, you know, whatever they see themselves as. Or we can begin to plant the seed based on what we see as their purpose potential in how well they play an instrument and how beautiful they play and how everyone feels good when they play. The reason I brought up the honesty kindness discussion here is because we do not want to be applying this rule of humanity out of kindness. We don't want to blow smoke. We need to be honest when we assess other people's purpose potentials. That way we can be honest when we approach them with it and talk about it and see and observe how to be with them. This is what's really important here. And so with this 
law of humanity or the rule of humanity, the law of purpose potential, what we are essentially doing is looking at each human and we are looking at the ways that they are unique, that they are beautiful, that they can teach, that they can create. And then we are subtly, unconsciously or consciously and overtly, either one, pushing them, pointing out to them, being honest in an authentic way about how powerful that is and how magical we think they are and that they do have this, per this potential for beauty and this potential to make a difference and matter. And when we do that, we can inspire humans to be their best selves, to occupy their next level human selves instead of continuing to occupy mostly their base level or their culture level selves. And so when we treat other humans, we can treat, the, treat them the base level way using the law of retribution, Hammurabi's code and eye for an eye, or we can use the golden rule, right? This culture level human instinct. We can use the platinum rule, right? But most importantly, we can treat them as someone who is powerful, beautiful, unique, positive, someone who matters, someone who can make a difference in the world. And when we do that, not only are we acknowledging and being true to our next level self, but we are inspiring someone else to acknowledge their next level self. This to me is the way that I try to approach the world that I inhabit, the people that I encounter. And I think it's the way that we all should be doing this. And it is a gift when you meet these people. Think about your past, the teachers, the strangers, the parents, the siblings, the aunt, the uncle, the grandparents, the coworker, the mentor, any of these people that you've had in your life, when they have seen you according to your purpose potential, what did that do to you? Did it not inspire you? Did it not help you? For many of us, we would not be where we are today without this person or people who saw us and saw our potential and treated us according to the rule of humanity and the law of purpose potential. Thanks so much for hanging out on the podcast today. I hope this was useful for you. Let's all go out into the world and commit to treating ourselves and others in a way that makes the world a better place. Thanks so much. See you at the next podcast. 